Welcome to another episode of the NYC Godcast here with the girls. Hope you're uh, having a stellar beginning to your Monday of a week. Uh, so, if you tuned in last week, we officially kicked off a new series entitled Fearful Faith. I really, I gotta confess, I had all intentions all week of bringing um, fake spiders. Oh no. And somehow. And I totally them. didn't remember that till just now. <laughs> so lucky, luckily for you guys, I have a horrible memory. I'm very thankful yeah, for but, that. Uh, we talked about Fearful Faith last week, and uh, I thought it was a really great episode. Honestly, what impressed me most was probably the title. Yeah, I figured you um, would. I was very, it was a very proud moment for me, worrying in the wine press. That was that was a good one. I was a little jealous, obviously. <laughs> Today's title is pretty great, too. You'll see. Uh, but uh, anyways, so today we're going to take a look at... Seeing straight. See, it means nothing when you say it. You have to no, read no. it. But uh, yeah, take a look at sure. seeing straight. So I think it's no secret at all that we all have fears. Like you guys shared that. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was what last week. You know, you guys talked about. And you know, a lot of people want to deny it, but the fact is, we all have fears. Mm-hmm. Some might be a little more obvious than others. Uh, some might be a little more visible than others. But all of us have something that we're afraid of. And I think that for a lot of us, uh, we're using our faith against our fears. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, so what I mean by that, I think a lot of us are using our faith to ward off our fears is what I'm trying to say. Mm. So if you're afraid of this, you're trying to use your faith to ward it off. Yes. When in reality, that's actually backwards from what the Bible teaches. What do you think, folks? Because <laughs> <laughs> biblically, biblically, we're actually called to face yes. our fears mm-hmm. with our faith, not ward off yeah. our fears with our faith. It's meant to go through instead of right. actually just trying to move it to the side. Right, exactly right. So it's obviously October, which means Halloween. It's around the corner. Spooky. Spooky. As Julia said, Spooky. I love her little. Uh, she's going to grow up and watch this episode and <laughs> smack me. Uh, so, <laughs> so I kind of. smack you either way. I know. Yeah, I was going to say, that true. has nothing to do with this. So, I have a loaded question. And honestly, I, I felt kind of actually really horrible writing this question. Uh-huh. I didn't really want to ask it. Can you guys tell me what does Halloween and Jesus have in common? Someone just turned off the podcast. I can hear it. Someone just turned it off. No. What does Halloween and Jesus have in common? It's not like a joke. So don't say like, <laughs> yeah, it's not, it's not, what is it? What do you guys think it has in common? Hmm. I don't know if I've ever been asked that question. I'd I'm hope sure I'd say not. <laughs> I have no doubt you'll spew something out. <laughs> spew something out. Rachel, I really hope that you're going to have something. <laughs> we actually made Jamie speechless, folks. You are seeing a totally Listen, phenomenal two, two event. Listen, there's two ends of the spectrum, so I'm like, oh, I can't even like. They're both like orange. I can't, I can't. <laughs> Can't bend diagrams. <laughs> Jamie's short circuiting before our very eyes. All right, let me tell you. Okay, let good, me tell you. Good. So we don't really celebrate or participate in Halloween no. too awful much around here. Uh, I think that we all know the premise of Halloween. I think that's like a foreign premise. Yeah. I think we all know uh, it's about Myers commercials. No, it's inside joke. Yeah, it's like candy. The next day. <laughs> right. But this is the premise of Halloween. Bring out the spooks. Right. Is that like if you had to put in a nutshell, what is Halloween? It's bring out the spooks, bring out the scary stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so for one day out of the year, we bring out all of the things that we would otherwise be totally afraid of. Mm -hmm. So if you're afraid of clowns, 
for example, my wife is horribly terrified of clowns. I found out my father is too. Is he? That's that's, well, that's great. That's good to know. I know. I kind of think Juliet is too, because she was talking about them the other day and how creepy they were. And I'm like, you've been talking to mommy, haven't you? Uh, so so clowns, for example, you may be terrified of clowns, but Halloween says for one day out of the year, clowns are okay. Bring yeah. out the spooks, yeah. whether that's zombies, whether it's yeah. whatever you're afraid of. Bring out how you know spiders. They come out on Halloween every Halloween. You, you see know, them. I've never looked at one on Halloween and been like you're okay. <laughs> well, I didn't say we had to accept it, but that's the premise of the holiday: yes. is bring out the spooks. Yes. So people dress up as ghouls and goblins. Mm. Uh, they have skeletons in their driveways. They dress up in all sorts of scary costumes, and in doing so, they bring the frights and the fears out in the open. Yes. Right? That's the premise of Halloween. And so, in other words, Halloween is a lot of ways it forces us to face our fears. Yes. The things we don't like. If you're afraid of clowns, like you just have a spiders. Mm-hmm. The things you're afraid of, Halloween forces it on you. Yes. Face those fears. Yes. They're out in the open now, right? So, ironically, mm-hmm. this is the same thing that Jesus desires to do in our lives. Yes. Did you see that coming? I did not. Was, was orange a better answer? Was, I was like, wow, how is he going to tie orange into this? <laughs> <laughs> Aren't you glad I didn't say banana? Oh, oh, never no. mind, never mind. Oh, no. Um, yeah, Rachel's just like, none of this. She's got her CJ face on. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus desires to do this in our lives. And I really, like, the more I, the older I get, which is not very old, uh, the more I realize that really as Christians, we are doing everything in our power to avoid difficulty, to avoid the things we're afraid of, to avoid um, the things that are meant to grow us closer to the Lord. When in reality, the Lord says, no, you're supposed to be facing those things. What did David do on the battlefield with Goliath? Yeah. Everyone else was hiding. Everyone mm-hmm. else was avoiding it. Everyone else was praying, let the giant leave. Yeah. What did David do? He went out. He ran mm-hmm. towards the giant. Yeah. Where's that gone in Christianity? Mm-hmm. Not just in October or Halloween. Where yeah. has that gone? So Jesus desires that we uh, would do this in our lives. He wants to bring out in the open the very thing that we're afraid of. He wants to face our fears and take away the power that the fears have over us. And so I want to take a look at a very familiar story that we know so well in the Gospels, uh, but I would kind of want to take a little different twist, mm-hmm. excuse me, out of this week uh, that really opened my eyes in a lot of ways. I'm very excited about this. So you guys you try, tell. I know, you guys try to act excited. Okay, yeah. um, Jamie's doing my, okay, that's a little better, a little better. <laughs> we have the double thumbs up. <laughs> so in Matthew chapter eight, mm-hmm. and then in Matthew chapter 14, we find a scene that's very familiar and it's repeated twice within those short span of chapters. And it's the disciples out on a ship mm-hmm. in the middle of a stormy sea. Ever heard of this story? Maybe Sounds once. vaguely. Maybe once. Okay. So meanwhile, a storm blows up and shows up at the scene and it sends the disciples crying for their mamas. Yes. Like pretty much accurate. Yes. They were crying for their mamas. And so ironically, this is, this fascinated me. I think you guys might've heard this before, mm-hmm. but ironically, what most of us don't realize in reading, you know, through the, the Bible is that Jewish people in that culture, they actually had a totally irrational fear of large bodies of water. Like they were totally scared of water, like like clowns or spiders. Yes. Like they were like, that was the one thing, like bring out the water on Halloween. <laughs> like they were, they were so afraid of great bodies of water. And the reason goes all the way back to Genesis chapter one. The Jewish people believed that large bodies of water represented chaos and uh, it was a you know dark, deep abyss. Mm-hmm. It was the place that uh, is actually considered the entrance into hell, yeah. which is ironic when we think of hell as a fiery place. That, yeah. But you know they're Jews. I don't know what they're thinking. <laughs> I'm not. And so they, every Jew grew up terrified of large mm-hmm. bodies of water. And if you think back to Genesis one, right, God separated the land from the water. And so in their mind, it represented chaos because before God separated them, that's what the world was. It was just an oblivious chaos yeah. all around them. 
And so anytime things got a little bit out of hand out at sea, the Jewish people totally and completely freaked out because of their fear of the chaos, the fear of what they couldn't control. And so if that didn't sound totally ridiculous, I'm like, I don't have a fear of water. I don't, you don't like, like water, but I'm not afraid. Like I look yeah. at the water and I'm like, we live not far. What we're going to talk about here. We yeah. don't live far from the lake here. Yeah. So like, we're constantly seeing, I'm not afraid of it. I never yeah. look like, oh! <laughs> like, it just like hides. Yeah. Like, just, like to me, that just seems odd. Yeah. And especially when you consider they were fishermen. I was going to oh, say, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's like, uh, but that's the thing is they were afraid of what they couldn't control. And so when the wind did something to that sea or the storm, Mm -hmm. they couldn't control it. And that's what they feared. Mm -hmm. So this is ironic. If that were not ridiculous enough, consider how this blew my mind. Consider how tiny the Sea of Galilee is. Yeah. So the NYC headquarters where we're at right now, Mm -hmm. uh, we're just down the road from Lake Erie, right down the road. You can almost see it if you... Had you really can smell good vision. It from here. Yeah, you can you yeah. can smell it, uh, but it's really close, right? And so, Lake Erie is actually the smallest of the Great Lakes. Yes. So there are what four Great Lakes? Oh, I probably should have done some more research. Five, Five? Superior, Michigan, Superior, Ontario. You're copying me. You're no help at all. You're gonna take the credit. Erie, Erie, Ontario, Michigan, Superior. No, you're right. Here it's on, home. Here on. It's home. Isn't there a lake here? It's on? home. Yeah. Home. Home. H. Yeah. Oh, oh I, yes. Yeah. Okay. I'm like, yeah. what do you mean? It's There's home. not a lake home. Yeah. So it's far. Okay. It's far. See, I knew what I was talking about. <laughs> yeah. School was a long time ago. Uh, anyway, <laughs> so focus, guys. Lake Erie is the smallest of the Great Lakes. Mm-hmm. And yet, Lake Erie is 120 times bigger than the Sea of Galilee. That's literally, these guys were practically scared out of their minds of a pond. Yeah. Like literally scared out of their pajamas in a pond. Like that. Like you could see from one end to the other. Yeah. And they were that afraid of it. Yeah. Like we missed that in the story. So this is the question. Were the disciples afraid of the water or the chaos? Were they afraid of the weather or what they couldn't control? Mm -hmm. And I think you guys hit on this last week, but more often than not, we're not actually afraid of the thing. Yeah. We're afraid of what the thing will leave us with yes. or leave us without, right? And so fear is being unable to control something. Mm-hmm. And so this is exactly the lesson that we find, not once, but literally Jesus repeats this lesson twice within just a short span. Jesus says, disciples, go get in the boat. And knowing good and well that this storm, this scary storm at sea was just around the corner. Mm -hmm. Jesus sends them into the middle of their storm. Do we get that in the story? Mm -hmm. Like Jesus says, go, there's going to be a storm. Or maybe he's back there laughing behind his face mask. (laughs) (laughs) But do we see that? Like literally Jesus is saying, you're going to do this. You're going into your storms. I'm putting you there. And yet so often we, oh boy, we hyper-spiritualize this, right? We sing Mm -hmm. songs about it, about Bless Lord, Jesus is in the middle of this. And he is. But yeah. do we see he's the one that sent us there? The whole part of the story is trusting him where he puts us. Well, I think that's the funny thing is that we're all like, oh, yes, in the middle of my storm. But then when you're in the middle of the storm, you're here. They are not here. Like, <laughs> right. Like, there's someone, and that's what they did. Yeah. That's yeah. They, yeah. He, they knew he sent him, sent them. But then they forgot completely that they were what yep. they were there. For. So this is the question I want I want us all to grasp today. If you leave with nothing else, I want you to grasp this. Not how many lakes there are. In, mm-hmm. in the, yeah. She keeps saying that. (laughs) (laughs) I think she wants to go home. Um, Why would Jesus send them there? Why would Jesus send them to their seemingly their demise? Why would he put them seemingly in harm's way? Why would Jesus do that? Mm -hmm. That seems so out of character for the Jesus we all talk about all the time. 
This is what I want us to grasp. This is the thing. Jesus is not concerned about your comfort. He is concerned about what controls you. Yes. Mm-hmm. I want you to read that for them. Me? They tend not to listen to me. I want them to... I want, <clears throat> Do you have it memorized? The bold, is that what I'm reading? Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Also I mean, if, I, no, if I were just a, yeah, remember exactly word for word what you said, it would be. Did I mention they don't listen to us? I don't <laughs> this is the thing. Jesus is not concerned about our comfort. He's concerned about what controls us. Yes, you know. You turn. Me turn. Me turn. Me turn. You turn. This way. This is the thing. Jesus is not concerned about our comfort. He is concerned about what controls us. Do you want one more try? All together. Sure. Together. Let's, together. Let's, Let's do it all together. Oh, no. this, this is the thing. thing. Jesus, Jesus is not concerned about our comfort. He is concerned about what controls us. That was like a horrible government infomercial. Yes, it was. Anyways, you guys can read it if you can see the screen. So that, do, we see, do we see how we totally skip past that in church mm-hmm. most of the time? What do we ask for in, in, t- in prayer requests? What do we always ask for prayer for? Help me come out of this trial. Yeah. Help me get better in the sickness. Heal my yeah. loved one. Yeah. Help me get money in my bank account. Help me. <laughs> we're praying. Pray for that. But we're not. We're not praying. <laughs> Depends on the church. We're not praying to show me what I need to learn from the storm. We're yeah. not praying those things. And we're Jesus praying. says, "I am not concerned about your comfort. Yeah. I'm concerned about what's controlling your life. Because mm-hmm. whom the Son has set free." Mm-hmm. is free, free indeed. indeed. And you're supposed to be free indeed, but there's something controlling you. Mm-hmm. And so Jesus cares about what controls us, folks. Jesus sends the disciples to the very place where they would be left with no choice yep. but to face their greatest fears. Yep. He, they would have no choice but to control or to confront rather the chaos, relinquish control of the stormy sea. And so it's this reason uh, that the stormy sea, as we just said, the sea had had a power over them. It had they, because of the fear, the sea had power over them. There was that chance that it can control uh, their peace, right, mm-hmm. their mind. And so we know of at least two accounts where these guys get scared out of their minds over the sea. But this could have been the hundredth time. Yeah. It could have been the fiftieth time. It could have been the five hundredth time. Yeah. We don't know how many times. And so could you imagine? Like they go, they get scared. Jesus, like try it again. Go get scared. Try it. <laughs> and isn't that how most of us are? And yeah. but this is what I love. Jesus says, "No, enough." Mm-hmm. Whether it was the first time, whether it was the hundredth time, whether it was the five hundred time, Jesus says, "This is enough. Mm-hmm. It's time for you to face your fears. No more dodging them. Yep. No more hoping it doesn't happen. No more running. No more. It is time. We are here and now. Going to once and for all, we are going to face our fears. Mm-hmm. And this is the thing. Had the disciples known the storm was coming, what do you think they would have done? They would have ran the other way. Mm-hmm. Like if they had known there was going to be a storm, they probably wouldn't have got on that boat. Why? Yeah. Because it controlled them. Yeah. It controlled their life. It controlled the way they operated. And this is exactly what most of us do as Christians. We have a fear. We have a worry. We fret. And instead of having faith, we run the other way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and we pray that God would remove the problem. We pray that he would help us dodge the dilemma, deny the difficulty. And in so doing, we allow the very thing we fear to remain in control over our lives. Yeah. We let the same fear that was that is a grip on our lives continue to have a grip on our lives instead mm-hmm. of facing it. And if the disciples had skipped the stormy sea, the next trip with the wind and the waves would have once again gripped their hearts again, right? Yeah. If if Jesus hadn't settled this, well, what happened the next time? More fear, yeah. more control. Mm-hmm. And that's how it is in our lives. Because we're not submitting that fear to him, it continues to control us. Is this making sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. (laughs) And so not once, but twice. Mm -hmm. Jesus says no 
more. No more. We're going to put this fear to rest. It's going to be in your past. We're going to overcome this obstacle. We're going to face our fears head on. He says, go get in the boat. Go face the chaos. Go face what you can't control. Let's lay to rest this unrest in your life. Uh, and so in Matthew 14, 25, we read, this is so great. This is my favorite part of the lesson. Are you ready? ready. It's not orange or yeah. home. It's orange home. <laughs> That'd be unfortunate. <laughs> in Matthew 14, 25, we know the famous scene the second time. Mm-hmm. We read that Jesus came walking on top of the very sea that mm-hmm. they were scared of. He's walking on what they yeah. feared. And I love this. What do you think the word walking means there? Did I tell you this already? I don't think so. I kind of feel like Okay, good. They don't remember. (laughs) What do you think the word walking means there? What would be your guess? Walking. (laughs) That's a good guess. That's a good guess. Like using two feet, but one in front of the other. Movement. Movement. Yeah, he came, came, glide, serving, maybe slid a little. Like he's, he's moving on top of the water. That's what we like. You know, walking usually two feet. Mm -hmm. We that's how we read it. Do you know the word walking here? (laughs) This is what the word walking here means. This Mm -hmm. blew my mind this week. Mm Jesus came walking onto the sea. The word gives the idea to give an opportunity or to regulate one's life. So what does Jesus do? They're afraid of the storm. They're afraid of the stormy Mm -hmm. sea. And Jesus comes and he gives opportunity. What does Jesus do? Jesus comes and he tries to regulate what was controlling them, regulate what they feared. Yeah. It doesn't even say he used his feet. The word means give opportunity or regulate. That's what Jesus came to do when he walked in that water. Mm -hmm. And so catch this. The very waves the disciples worried about, the very sea that had them scared, Jesus uses as an opportunity. Jesus uses it to regulate their lives, meaning Jesus lays to rest once and for all the sea that scared these men by placing what they feared under his feet. And in the second storm... As we read, Jesus comes walking out on the water, but a strange thing takes place. And this is, I want us to grasp, but this is what happens. Jesus is walking on the water. Mm-hmm. And yet this man that they had spent day in and day out with this man that they had been with for years did not recognize him. Mm-hmm. It could have been anyone. I mean, they thought it was a ghost, right? Yeah. They did not. They could not see yeah. Jesus. Why could they not see Jesus? Because their fear so captivated their attention And in the middle of the storm, when they needed him the most, the disciples didn't recognize Jesus. Mm -hmm. And this is the thing this morning, evening or night, whatever you are watching. (laughs) This is the thing. Mm -hmm. Everything, every single thing that we could ever fear in life is placed under Jesus's feet. He is greater than anything. And so anytime we fear, anytime we're afraid... We are not seeing straight. We are not seeing Jesus. We are not seeing him walking. We're not seeing him on top of our fear. We're not seeing our fear under his feet. We're not seeing straight. Mm -hmm. That's what the story is telling us. That's what, that's what the scene says. We're lacking an understanding of who Jesus truly is. And so we might serve him day in and day out. We may go to church. We may pray. We may worship. We may spend a lot of time with him. Mm -hmm. But the very fact is that if you are afraid, it proves that just like the disciples, we're failing to recognize who he is. And I think the problem is, is we put ourselves in our own situation. Like this, we can be like, oh, yeah, of course. Jesus is there. Like you see that. But like when you're in the middle of it and putting your own, like when you're actually in your own personal issue, you're like, there's absolutely no way that that this is supposed to be how this is. I think that 
and a lot of times I think we attribute it to the devil. Mm-hmm. We're always like, Satan brought this my way when it very well could Jesus could have said, go get in the boat. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It very well could be Jesus. And we like kind of brush it off as Satan's just trying to mess with me when it's really Jesus trying to teach mm-hmm. you a lesson. Yep. <laughs> you guys are doing such a good job. I just, I really want us to grasp. Like, I don't know what you're going through right now. Mm-hmm. I don't know what you guys are going through right now. Um, whether you're going through a storm in your life right now or whether you're facing a fear right now, what are you looking at? And like, that's the obvious, like when we talk about Peter walking the wall, that's yeah. the obvious story you always hear there. He took his eyes off of Jesus. Mm-hmm. But what I want us to recognize is when we are afraid, we cannot see who Jesus is. Who is yep. Jesus? He's the one. He's the top of the pyramid, right? He's yep. the one at the top of the food chain. All mm-hmm. else are below him. When we are afraid, we are not seeing straight. We're not yeah. seeing him for who he is. We have well, to think, degrade him in order to be afraid. Well, I think that's it's so funny because we can see this in a like a physical sense, um, in much smaller scale. But like when you're a kid, if you have your dad there, your mom there, or whatever, you don't even think about it. Like I remember going through like even like spider situations. Like think, I'm afraid of spiders. Spider situations. That's spider our situations. next podcast. I'm, a, I'm afraid of spiders. But like when I was younger and I seen a spider, I'd be afraid. But as soon as my dad was there, I wasn't afraid of it anymore because right. I knew that my dad was going to get it. Right. The, so it could be said, this is, I, I don't know if I should say this a lot, it's almost irreverent, but it could be said in, said in your situation that the spider was under your dad's feet. Yes. Probably was the outcome of that yes. story. I mean, <laughs> he guess, broke an outlet just, once. <laughs> Just stop this. What? How do you? I, would have, I don't want to know. You know what? But, I should bring, give, give the picture because I have the picture of it. <laughs> of course you do. But that's why you weren't afraid. Yes. That spider was not greater than your dad. Yeah, exactly. And so it took the fear away. It took the control yep. that spider had over your life away. Why? Because that spider was under your dad's feet. Yep. Whether literally or yeah. hypothetically. Like in and any situation, you, you like you, there's people that you know that like when they're with you, you know that you're protected. You're, yeah. you, you have your, obviously your protection, your guidance, whatever. I just, it's hard for it, us to apply it, that to someone. Well, like, and like, like your, your little illustration is great. Many reasons. But because it, <laughs> it would be ridiculous to watch a spider pick up Tom and yes. slap him. I think of the Incredible <laughs> Hulk. very terrifying. The of that Incredible Hawk and Loki, right? When yeah, yeah. That's what I see. It'd be funny to see a little tiny, itsy bitsy spider do that to Tom. Why? Because yeah. that's ridiculous. Tom yeah. is greater. Yeah. Do we see that's Jesus? Yeah. In everything we face, in every fear we have, it would be mm-hmm. ridiculous. It's under his feet. Yep. And yet we're allowing it to control us. Yep. I don't know. It seems so obvious in my mind, but I feel like it's kind of hard to articulate. I think it's hard for It's us. hard to undo what we know so much of. Well, I think it's hard because, like, of course you know that because it's physical. Right. You see that. It's, it's every day. You see it when you're trying to apply it to, even though God is the one that created everything, the things that you're actually, like, afraid of, he's been, he knows what they are. He yeah. created that or, you know, however that works. But, like, I think it's hard for us to apply that to him because then... It's like the whole thing with the um, last series that we had. We assume that he's like far off in a right. weird, distant reality right. that we can't have with us. Right. So I think that's the problem is we're like, well, yeah, it'd be nice if you come down here and help me with this. But like he can't. You know what I mean? Right. I think that's where our brains are. <laughs> yep. So we can't see straight during storms, whether it's spiders, whether it's a storm at sea, whether it's clowns, whatever you're afraid of. I think last Google week Earth. Your family. Google Earth. Is that a fear? I don't. I don't, really I don't like Google. Sure. Of Google I could. Like, yeah. I could understand that. I don't like Google. Yeah, I could understand that. <laughs> uh, but whether it's like you said with your family last week, like I think anyone who's a parent uh, or married can feel that. Mm-hmm. Um, but anytime we're a. Af- we're afraid. Anytime we're fearful, we are not seeing straight. And this is the very reason that Jesus says, go face that. Why? Because it's controlling you. Yep. It is altering how you live. It's altering yep. who you are. It's altering me in you. It's it's, mm-hmm. it's altering me being preeminent. Mm-hmm. And so what does Jesus say to do? He says, go, get mm-hmm. in the boat. But then we find at the end of the story, right, twice, 
we find what is this? What is the conversation that Jesus says to these men? What does Jesus say to us when we cannot see straight? Jesus says, why are you fearful? Yeah. In my, in my Josh, when I read this, how Josh reads this, do you see it? Mm, how I read this, I've said this to myself many, many times. It's, 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 it's awkward it. talking to yourself about such things. But <laughs> I say this like this is what Jesus says to them. Why are you so fearful? Why do you have such itsy bitsy, tiny, baby, pathetic faith? <laughs> Why? That's what, what Jesus wants to know. Is this what your um, morning affirmations when you get <laughs> into the mirror? I go to the my thing. Why is your baby faith? Why is it bitsy? <laughs> but that's what Jesus yeah. says. Like we're so used to why? Oh, why do you have like? Oh, ye of little faith, faith is what he yeah. says. We yeah. always yeah. we hear that. But do we get Jesus is calling them out, guys? Why? It'd be like your dad saying, "Jamie, the spider is under my foot. Why? <laughs> why would you be?" That's what yeah. Jesus is saying here. Why do you have such itsy bitsy, baby, pathetic faith? Yeah. I am. Above all, mm-hmm. all of those waves, all of those storms, all of those seas, they're under my feet. Yeah. Silly disciples. So this is the question. <laughs> uh, this is the question I want to challenge us with today. Obviously, none of us want to go around chasing down ghouls and goblins. Uh, Do they sell ice cream? That's the question. Just ruin the whole podcast, Jim. Just ruin the whole Because <laughs> <laughs> now my mind's on ice cream. I like lost. <laughs> Obviously, we don't want to go pursuing yeah. our fears. Like, it's not like we want to uh, go, you know. I'm not going to go. You don't to, want to go be a farmer of spiders. I'm, I'm, yeah, what, I'm not going to yeah. go into arachnid. Jamie does, or Jenny doesn't want to go thing. into a carnival of yeah. clowns. Like, that, yes. it's not like we want to go chasing no. the things that scare us. None of us want to go chasing down these things in our lives. But are we allowing Jesus to walk upon the waves of our lives? Are we allowing him to bring us into it? And then while we're in there, not saying stop the storm, stop storm, stop storm, stop storm. But are we saying, Jesus, put it under your feet. Jesus, this is controlling me. I want you to be over this. I want to bring this into your submission. Are we doing that? Uh, Because I don't see that in church. I don't see that in my life. So are we giving him, so Jesus came walking on the water, right? Are we giving Jesus the opportunity to regulate our lives? Are we giving him the opportunity to take back control of the things that control us, to release the fear uh, that our faith is meant to conquer? Well, I think back to the analogy of like my dad killing a spider. If my dad comes- He's going to have to listen to this podcast. He is going to have to. Maybe he'll be a guest next week and show us how he (laughs) does it. It'll just be- It'll be just him doing this. It'll be him doing this. Yeah, that sounds all right. No, but like even in that same, um, what's the word? An uh, ice cream illustration. Ice cream. Oh, okay. (laughs) Another orange. In that illustration, as soon as Dad walks into the room, I'm not worried about how that spider's going to get killed. It's just, you just know it's going. Yeah, I don't know how it's going to work, but I don't have to worry about it. He may that. poison it. He may, poison he may slap it. He may, he, may, he may break the outlet. He may burn it. He may break the, yeah. Like, that's my thing is like. But when, it's none of your business. Exactly. You just know he's going so to. So when you're telling Jesus to be over top of your issue, you're basically saying that's your, you don't have to fear it anymore. Not that it's going to go away. Not that it, anything could not even change. You, you just, just know, know he's going to handle yeah, it. Yeah. He's going to be in control. Yeah. And that's what I think we lack. Yeah. And that, again, it comes back to not seeing straight, right? We're not seeing him for who he is. And so are you giving Jesus the opportunity to walk on your waves? Are you giving him opportunity to change what controls you and your life? Uh, are we just asking him to hurry and take it away? Are we asking him to remove the problem? Are we praying to dodge the difficulty? Um, are we praying that the storm would just be removed? Yeah. 
I don't quite know why you hold the mic like you're talking. <laughs> Every time I look at you, I'm like, oh, she's a combat. She's just silent. I'm like, you're very prepared like you for nothing. Yeah, you need better role models. It's, you know what she's trying to do? She's making sure that the laughs get in there. <laughs> that's, that's, that's all I have. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, oh, we're not done. Yeah. Oh, this isn't the end of the podcast. I thought we were done. Okay, I was getting ready to do a um, quote and a song. You wrote this. I know. It's been a couple of days. So ask yourself this. Are you praying that you don't have to face that storm? Are you praying that you won't have to face that fear? Praying it won't be cancer. None of us want cancer. None of us want our love as a cancer. How often are we praying it won't be cancer when Jesus says, in the middle of your cancer, I will take away the control cancer has. Cancer is under my feet. Yes. Uh, And so the unpopular but the undeniable truth is that absolutely nothing but Christ should have control in the life of a Christian. Mm -hmm. It's bold. Do you know what that means? Mm -hmm. It means we all have to take a turn. Okay. It's okay. Let's just pass. Absolutely. (laughs) You did what I was was saying. I was getting ready. (laughs) Put it under his feet. It's an opportunity. Absolutely nothing but Christ should have control in the life of a Christian. Wow, do we need that. And so if there is any sea, if there's any area, if there's anything in your life that grips you, if there's anything that makes you fear or doubt or worry or struggle, it's because you haven't given it to Christ Mm -hmm. who should have control. I already said it, but who the son of set free Mm -hmm. is free indeed. Mm -hmm. He came to exonerate us, to release the control that our fears have in our lives. Listen to what Paul writes in Colossians 1.22. And he put all things in every realm and subjection under Christ's feet and appointed him as the supreme and authoritative head over all things. That's Jesus. Are you letting him prove that? Are you letting him have the opportunities to prove that all things are under his feet? Are you allowing him to prove that he can walk on your fears? Let him prove that all things are subject to him. So today's considerable quote is by Spurgeon, and he writes this. Fear to fear, be afraid to be afraid. Your worst enemy is within. Get to your knees and cry for help and then rise up saying, I will trust and not be afraid. Got a really old song for us for today's uh, future content. I don't remember if we ever used this for camp. I feel like in the old days we did, but I'm not positive. Mm, maybe, maybe like, like 13, pre- 12, 13. Yeah. It's by Casting Crowns and it's a great song called The Voice of Truth. A uh, really great song. Today's charge up challenge is to take a piece of paper, mm-hmm. which I wish we had right now. Mm-hmm. And I want you to make a list of anything you fear. Maybe it's one thing, maybe it's a hundred things. What is it that you fear? And I want you to write that on that piece of paper. And then I want you to take that piece of paper and rip it into as many tiny pieces as absolutely possible. And then I actually want you to put it in the bottom of your shoe. And I want you to walk around on it all day. Why? Because Christ has put all things under his feet. And with every step you take, that fear is under your foot. And that is where it belongs under Jesus's. And so... Oh, thank you. Thank you. It's very difficult for you to do. I know I have no shoes on. (laughs) I will not do that. (laughs) Well, folks, it's been interesting. Thanks so much for joining us for another episode of the NYC Godcast. Till next time. Bye.